Hey, Bridge family, Andy here with episode three of the Journey Together podcast. Today, I want to start by talking about some stuff that I've been learning about myself actually recently through the counseling that I've been able to get for free actually through my school for the past year or so. Uh, it's been a huge blessing to me. And in my most recent session a couple weeks ago, um, my my counselor and I were help, were talking about why I struggle so much to receive negative feedback. And as we were talking, she was helping me realize that, you know, I've known that I'm a perfectionist and, and we were connecting some dots. She was helping me connect some dots, realizing that uh, my perfectionism makes me subconsciously, not, not, not cognitively, but very subconsciously believe that whenever I'm getting negative feedback, it's, it's this, critique it's this um this condemnation that i'm not as righteous or smart or talented as i want to be as i think i can be um and so inevitably subconsciously when when i hear those messages it's this it's this huge weight it's this huge blow to my pride actually um and that's the that was this interesting realization was that my perfectionism is a manifestation of my sinful pride and even though there's definitely good things that could come from being a perfectionist there's also definitely a lot of bad things and this is obviously a perfect example and so as as i was kind of coming to grips with my perfectionism being this expression of sinful pride it's really been a helpful kind of launching point for this reflection of who i am in relation to god and um, why i struggle to actually remember who i really am in jesus even though i know it you know in my head i know the theology so today i just hope to talk a little bit more about that and maybe you're, you're able to relate in some way and maybe it'll start some good reflection for yourself. So here we go. So this might seem like a weird jump, but we're actually gonna go back to the very beginning of the Bible because I think what's really helped me understand perfectionism as, as a sort of pride and understanding pride itself is understanding sin itself. And at the very beginning, of course, at the fall, the first sin, um, I think what we see actually is pride. The, the 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 original sin on the surface was Adam and Eve disobeying God. God commanded them to not eat specifically of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the reason he prohibited that was because it would give them a knowledge like him. It would elevate them to a position like him. And so... Adam and Eve were manipulated by Satan into doing that one thing that God told them not to do. And it was to, and so at, at many levels was, was the first sin, a sin of pride, because just by rebelling against God, their creator, their sustainer, the one who clearly knew more than they did, they were saying, no, we know better. We'll, we'll take care of ourselves. We don't need you. And, and then not only in the act of rebellion, but in the way that they rebelled, what they rebelled against was they consumed something so that they could 
experience and possess knowledge like God. They wanted to become like him. And so for a created being to try and elevate its creator, uh, sorry, to elevate themselves to the level of their creator, their infinite, omnipotent creator, that's, it's this completely irrational and arrogant uh, sort of wish to say, oh, I'm worth and I'm just as powerful and wise uh, as, as my creator. That is arrogance. That is pride. And so that's been something that's really helpful for me to understand. And of course, because that was the fall, that has that sort of pride has forever uh, been passed down throughout the generations of the human race. I'm coming more and more to believe that it's this exact pride that's so deeply rooted in the human heart ever since Adam and Eve, inside every single person that's ever lived, that that, that pride deceives us into repeatedly believing the same lie that Adam and Eve believed, the, the lie that Satan convinced them of, that we can find our own solution to our problems, to ultimately to our sin problem. And I think that this, this, this constant deception leads us into living in these constant cycles of, of pride and then when pride fails us, shame. Um, I think out of pride is when we, we act and live as if we are infallible, as if we're in, invincible, as if we can't be questioned or we can do nothing wrong. And when inevitably when we fail ourselves, when we make a fool of ourselves living that way, it leads to shame. And, and the enemy especially uses shame to make us feel completely miserable about ourselves. And I think just naturally, just our, our own response to misery is this feeling of desperation, a desperation for relief, because we're not meant to feel miserable. We're not meant to feel ashamed. But I think when we don't turn to God in our desperation, we tend to turn back onto ourselves. We lean upon ourselves. We do whatever it takes to make us feel better and honestly to prove our own worthiness because we feel so unworthy when we are stuck in shame. And the sad thing is, I think even that desire, that desire to prove our own worthiness is the result of pride, the pride that we just, it is a part of who we are. And so in some ways, as I've been thinking about the fact that, yeah, I do live in constant cycles of pride and shame. It's discouraging because I'm like, what is, what is the solution? Like, uh, what is the relief here? How come I can't remember what I know to be true in these moments that matter the most? Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat So do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do. For they preach, but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others. For they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. 
and they loved the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher and you are all brothers. And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Matthew 23, 1-12 Not only was that Jesus' teaching, but that was his very existence on earth. As God, omnipotent, omniscient, all-loving, all-powerful, as God in the flesh, in the finite human form, he was a living embodiment of this humility, which is, of course, the antithesis of, of pride, this overinflated sense of self. And that was his very existence, and ultimately that was his very purpose on earth, was to live this humble life. Philippians 2.8 says, And being found in human form, he humbled himself, by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus was anything but deserving of the death that he died. He didn't deserve to be treated, to be persecuted, harassed, uh, unjustly judged, and ultimately murdered the way that the worst criminals were back in that day. But that's what he experienced because he willingly, he humbly uh, brought himself to that place in faithfulness and obedience to his father. And that's, that's where such supernatural humility is only possible, especially for us, is in turning to the father's will. And thankfully, we have Jesus as our example, as our teacher of humility, not only a teacher in word, but a teacher in deed. This, this example of, of dying to self in so many ways, but ultimately in the literal sense of the word. And so that is the only hope I can cling to, knowing that I'm so prone to these cycles of pride and shame, knowing that I'm so prone to thinking of myself as better than I really am, is to look to Jesus on a regular basis and realize, man, he, he clearly was more worthy than I was. He clearly was more capable than I was. And yet he didn't use his stature, his innate worth to try and garner recognition, to try and garner protection or glory. He used it for the sake of his father and for the sake of, his fellow man around him to reconcile them out of their sin, out of their hopeless state of pride to the father. So before I go, I just want to share a song that I was really listening to reflecting on last week as, as these thoughts were really permeating for me. And it's a song by a group that I've already recommended before. I believe in the first podcast, um, the group beautiful eulogy, and the song is called Worthy, and it's all about the worthiness of Jesus. And there's, there's these lines in, it's the second verse that really, I think, 
capture capture this true spirit of humility as we look to Jesus. The, the line is this, there is a space between us. It's a right divide, distance between the depths of your worthiness and mine. Mine is derivative. All my worth comes from thine. Those words saying that we recognize, we recognize how unworthy we are compared to Jesus and that in fact all our worth comes from Jesus. Those are words that are so powerfully humbling. <laughs> There's such a powerful reminder that yes, I, I can only look to Jesus as my, as my Savior, as my Lord to remember that I truly am worthy, that my worth doesn't come from me, it comes because of him and his death for me. So let me pray for, for y'all, for us. Father God, uh, just thank you that in Jesus we have everything we need, especially everything we need when it comes to recognizing the, the futility of our pride, the destruction that comes from pride in ourselves. God, I thank you that when we look to Jesus, we see the most worthy of all, humbling himself, that we might receive worth, that we might be restored to relationship with you, God, restored into a right sense of self that allows us to, to love and to serve and to, to be in this world in a way that advances your glory, God, that, that makes your kingdom more present on this earth. I pray that, God, that in those moments of our pride, that you would humble us but not humble us to the point of, of shame that the enemy manipulates us with, God, but that you would humble us to the point of falling back on you, God, to a point of repentance and a point of um, sanctification, God, that we be made more like Jesus in those moments. And so, God, I thank you that you offer, you offer freedom from our pride. You offer freedom from that bondage. We thank you that we can trust you, that we can look to you as our Father. We love you. Amen. The Bridge HTX is a network of house churches located in Houston, Texas. We commit to a journey of transformation together towards Jesus for the glory of God.